2: Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education. I'm Darlene Kvist, Certified Nutrition Specialist, Licensed Nutritionist, and I thank everyone for listening this morning. And joining me today is Wendy Kate's Dancer, Registered Nurse, Nutrition Educator, and Counselor. And it's always a pleasure to have Wendy join me on Dishing Up Nutrition, because she shares her expertise And we have fun. Yes, we do, don't (laughs) we? Yeah, it's great. It's great being here. Absolutely. Even at this time of morning, Wendy, come on, be honest now. Come on, come on, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that I'm here. Okay. (laughs) Now that I'm here. (laughs) Working on getting up is another
3: story. Um, But today we want to jump right into our topic because we have a lot of things uh, to discuss today. And our topic is fibroid tumors and endometriosis. Um couple of big well, they're topics. Hu- they're huge, you know. And, uh, you know, with all the commercial breaks, we know that we just have a few minutes to share very important information. And we know this topic affects many woman, women, and it's very misunderstood. It
2: is. So let's talk a little bit. Fibroids are non-cancerous growths that occur on the wall of the uterus. And they can be very small. They can be just, you know, like pea size or... They can grow as large as a large grapefruit. And you may have one, one fibroid or you may have a whole pile of them growing. And the more, I would think. The more, more problems that you yeah. probably have,
3: or, or I guess I'm sure it would depend on where uh, they're growing also. Right. So, mm-hmm. And we know that at least 40% of women, 40%, that's huge, over the age of 35 will have fibroids at some time.
2: So I think people probably are saying, Wendy, what in the world causes fibroids? Well, fibroids are considered an estrogen-dominant condition. So again, you know, what does that mean? You know, it means... That's a good question. You know, we we throw these words around. It means that basically you have too too much estrogen in your body and... And an imbalance. And an imbalance. With the other hormones. Mm -hmm. So these growths tend to grow more when... As women, we have higher levels of estrogen. Now, it's kind of nice to have higher levels in some ways because it keeps us younger looking. And there's, there's some positives, but there are certainly some negatives, aren't there? Yes. So,
3: yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, we know that the good news is that often fibroids will, str- will shrink at menopause because with menopause, we usually produce less and less estrogen. Right. The tumors are no longer being fed estrogen, and if you are lucky, they will just shrink away. But some women have so much discomfort with fibroids, they
2: just can't stand to wait until menopause. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting even to think about that, is that, you know, something that grows at one point in our life will actually, as it's not being fed that estrogen, that actually kind of shrinks away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some signs of fibroids? Well heavy bleeding, or a lot of pain, or you get pressure on organs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with the pain and the heavy periods and the constant pressure, women usually are feeling really fatigued. And sometimes the pressure is on the bladder so much they need to take frequent trips to the bathroom, or even sometimes they have a lot of
3: constipation. Right, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, constipation, heavy bleeding, You know, and heavy bleeding can lead to anemia and even more fatigue. If possible, as women, we want to avoid a state of estrogen dominance in our bodies.
2: So as nutritionists, as we look at foods that can lead to estrogen dominance, here is one that many young women would never guess, or even older women. They would never guess this, and it's alcohol. In a study reported in the Journal of American Medical Association, Shows that the increases in estrogen and breast cancer risk are much higher when women drink even a small amount of alcohol, and a small amount is what is a small amount. It's just three glasses of wine a week. Okay, that's a small amount. So that and actually, that's not filling your glass way to the top. No, that's four that's ounces. Four ounces. Yes, and this is a study in the Amer- the Journal of American Medical Association. That amount of wine increases your risk of breast cancer and fibroids. Three glasses of wine. Now that's not talking about those chocolate martinis that a lot of young women are drinking. These or days. you know,
3: or a lot of those uh, <clears throat> what they call women drinks. You know, the um, the stuff that doesn't taste like alcohol. You know, the, it's got all know, it's been so long. A, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm dating myself, but my ties, you know, and stuff like that. But. Uh, Yeah, those kind of drinks with alcohol and sugar. I would think that would be a
2: double whammy. So again, as you take a look at that research, as we take a look at that research, we say, hmm, okay, so if you have some of those fibroids going, and we're going to talk about endometriosis coming up. And so if you're experiencing some of those problems, and you just occasionally or very often have a glass of wine, you may want to reconsider that. Yes, yes. And that's why we're sharing this information. Exactly. We're not saying, you know, we're not, we're just saying. We're not saying, teetotalers. No. Oh, we're just being, we're just saying, being we're realistic about it. how yeah,
3: exactly. things affect people. And we know that just two glasses of wine daily, wow, can increase your weight by 21 and one half pounds in just one year.
2: Mm-hmm. We know we have a lot of clients that come in and they, you know, one of their goals is to lose weight. And one of the first things they ask us is, can I keep my glass of wine at night? Yeah. And then I'll say, well, how big is your glass of wine? <laughs> and how, you know, and then well, as we talk, it isn't really four ounces of what is a, really a glass of wine. It is a couple of those, actually, because their glass is a very large glass <laughs> of wine. Yes. And I said, well, here's the research. Yeah, I think that very few people actually... Just drink
3: four ounces when they say they have a glass of wine. Exactly. They're not talking four ounces. I don't think so. So we drink wine and we gain this weight. What
2: does that have to do with our situation? Well, since we're talking about that, weight gain in fat cells. Do you realize that fat cells are actually hormone-making factories? And they're mainly estrogen factories. They're making estrogen. So think about that a minute. You drink that wine, and your body starts making more estrogen. Interesting.
3: And so then we have uh, a problem that's even
2: next step up, isn't worse it?
3: and more complicated than what we start started yes. with, because fat cells again can be thought of as an active manufacturing facility for hormones, producing excess amounts of estrogen. Estrogen is not only found in the ovaries, but also in the fatty tissues of your body. The more weight a woman carries, the more estrogen she creates. That's why in menopause we put on those extra pounds yes. around the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's our body um, trying to make more estrogen for us as our ovaries are, um, de- the estrogen and is, is depleted from our ovaries. Yes.
2: So again, overweight or even obese women certainly have an increased risk of developing estrogen-dominant health problems, such as the uterine fibroids polycystic ovary syndrome migraine headaches acne endometriosis yeah. all those things that are considered estrogen dominant conditions in our body exactly exactly
3: and i'm surprised uh you know how many uh, older women that i see with acne uh-huh. now have you seen that
2: oh certainly yeah. yes so that's again going you know just kind of connecting connecting those Those research and those dots about nutrition and what people are eating and how it's affecting people, yeah, I certainly have noticed that too, Wendy.
3: Uh, But these cysts, fibroids, endometriosis, and thickened uterine lining are all caused by abnormal cell growth, which may or may not develop cancer. But these conditions are really telling you that you have cells growing when and where they should not be
2: growing. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So let's go back and connect the dots again. Abnormal cell growth called fibroid tumors are considered a problem with excess estrogen. And these fibroids often decrease in size or even disappear when estrogen levels decline, such as they would in decline in menopause a little bit. So... Yeah, so...
3: Uh, and oftentimes we know that a lot of women... Well, first of all, I don't think they even know this information, Dar. But it's like, you know, when you're, you know, in your 20s or early 30s, you don't want to wait till menopause to have these symptoms go away. Because as we're going to be talking about a little bit, they can be very debilitating and very
2: severe. In fact, you know, Wendy, one of my clients that I'm working with right now, um, I believe she's 32 years old and she just had a baby and, they told her that when when she was pregnant that she actually had fibroids at that young age and um i you know it's kind of i was kind of like really at at 32 she she already had fibroid tumors and so you know as i'm working with her we're trying to reduce that extra estrogen that is in her system right now so you're not telling her she needs to wait till menopause no we're not <laughs>
3: So if you're a woman with fibroids and have decided you would like an eating plan to reduce these toxic estrogens, we can do that. We need to look towards the vegetables, don't we, Dar? We certainly do. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. So we just want people to know that we have several one-night classes coming up this week, possible classes you may want to check out. Jumpstart Your Metabolism, great class, Managing the Blood Sugar Roller Coaster, Foods to Build Happy Focus Kids. Check out the dates, times, and location on our website, weightandwellness.com. If you'd like to join our conversation today, please give us a call, 651-641-1071. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome back
3: to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Wendy Kate Dancer, registered nurse and nutrition educator, and I'm here with Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist. I'm so pleased... To teach our Friday morning class at Weight and Wellness in White Bear Lake, I also teach the Thursday evening class there. These are just great and wonderful classes, and I love, love, love teaching our Weight and Wellness series, because in just four, we just had our fourth class um, this Thursday night and this Friday morning, and the success stories are just fabulous, um, I'd also like everybody to know that um, Katie K9 is actually in our Friday morning class, and she brought all of her friends, and uh, it's just a really uplift, wonderful class. We talk about feeding people the way Katie feeds her dogs,
2: and if people don't know about Katie K9, Canine...
3: yes, Katie K9 is on uh, this station from four to six p.m. on Sunday right before the rebroadcast of our show. And she teaches people how to feed and train their dogs. And uh, And she's been an animal lover all of her life. Uh, She started out at the horse stables when she was 12. And she's got the most outgoing,
2: wonderful, fun personality, doesn't she? Yeah, Yes, she does. I can imagine that class. Well,
3: we have several people in that (laughs) class. But then the great thing is sharing the... uh, I mean, in just one week, uh, we have a nurse in our class that uh, had high... As diabetes and high blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And she bought in one week, she brought her blood sugar down by 60 points. Wow. That's great. When just from eating that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday, uh, one of your clients star uh, was just jumping up and down uh, because she had brought her triglycerides down by about 90 points. Wow. And, and that's that,
2: just another month.
3: Right. Right. And people eating really, really horrible getting dragged to class, getting really, <laughs> uh, you know, in the information, losing weight, eating healthy, watching Jack LaLanne, eat, you know, <laughs> eating more vegetables. I mean, it's just it's just a wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful class. So I encourage anybody next time around to jump in. It ch- it'll change your life. Exactly.
2: So I have another short announcement. Uh, Cassie Wienis, who is registered dietitian, and she often is here as a co-host and dishing up nutrition. Um, she's going to be on cable channel six this Sunday at you know February seventh at eleven or at seven, and she's doing a little show on nutrition advice for cold and flu prevention. So how to get your immune system working better, and that's very is, important this mm-hmm. time of year. That's part of a knowledge for wellness series. That's being shown on this channel six. Wendy, let's okay. go ahead and take a caller. All right. Good morning. Welcome to the show, Julie. You have um,
1: a yeah. Yes, I've got a question. Okay. I've got a daughter who is 25, and she had an ultrasound of her ovaries. She's been in pain with her period since she's gotten her period as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And um, the ultrasound showed that she has unusually large ovaries, and they're filled with cysts. And um, she's five foot two and weighs maybe 95 pounds. And they, their answer, or the doctor's answer for her, was to put her on birth control. And she suffers great depression when she's on any sort of birth control, so that's basically not an option for her. And I'm looking for foods that might help dissipate these cysts that I can suggest for her.
2: Well, you know what? We're going to actually we're going to be talking about as this is the next part of our show that we're going to talk about is foods that can reduce that. But just to give you some information, what I would look at if I was working with her as a client, and Wendy, pop in here with me, sure. Too. You know, we would actually probably reduce the amount of carbohydrates that she's eating um, and not any kind of cereals or breads and reduce those out and then add back in vegetables as the good carbohydrates. So that would help to detox some of those extra estrogens that she already is having. And then she needs some good, good quality fats. Fats.
3: Yeah. Right, so yeah, some omega three uh fish oil, but the the uh, oil that we really love to support women's ovaries and female hormones is called GLA. It's actually a barrage oil that okay. that is very healing because all of our cell membranes are made up of the of, of fat, so it's very important, uh, you know as Dar said, you w- w- first of all, we have to stop the inflammation. Okay. you know and that's mm-hmm. what you're doing by getting rid of processed foods sugar uh high fructose corn syrup and then get in the good carbs that give us the fiber and all the things that actually heal and and detox you know again the extra excess estrogen okay and then it yeah it's 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 very complicated i i would definitely recommend uh for her to come in and and uh you know, do a one-on-one consultation, and we can give you lots of suggestions, but putting it all together is best when you sit down with people, and
2: And in this case, it's like you have to do one step at a time, and you just kind of build, you build back people's health, basically, is what happens, and it can not happen overnight, you know, and then we need to look at why she's suffering from depression, too,
1: Mm -hmm. right, well, she, um, she, I've got, Disease, and she had all the symptoms of it, so she automatically went off of gluten as well, and she feels a lot better mentally being off the gluten.
2: Great, good.
1: And um, and so I I I think like cereals and stuff, she doesn't get exposed to as much. Right. Being off that diet, but um, I don't. I'm thinking the fats she's not getting too. But I would like to um, treat her to a, a. Consultation with
3: you. I think that would be great, Julie. I think that would be excellent because yep. then we could really look at because we, you know, we look at depth and what people are eating and you know what could be causing inflammation in the in in the imbalance. So
1: okay, well, thank you very much. And I'll you. listen to the rest of your program okay. and suggestions. Too. Thanks, Julie. Thanks, Thanks for the call. Thanks, Julie. So, thank you.
2: You know, as long as Julie asked that question, what do you, we were starting to talk about? How do you Look at foods, and how do you help get rid of some of these extra estrogens in people's bodies? Before break, you said, "What do we have to do?" Basically, eat vegetables. Eat vegetables. So some eat of the vegetables. Eat vegetables, and so some of the vegetables. Excellent vegetables. But there's some be- vegetables that are better than others. Yes. So you want to look at the estrogen-blocking vegetables, and that's broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, cabbage, kale. And those vegetables actually benefit your body because they detox those extra estrogens very slowly. And so we recommend that you eat those several times a day. Exactly. Not just for lunch or not just for dinner. We're talking about even for breakfast. And
3: people have gotten so, you know, people get shocked when you say vegetables for breakfast. And this should not be shocking. This is a food that Mother Nature gave us to eat, and we were supposed to be eating. A lot of it give give people an idea about a you know what to for eat breakfast. for breakfast. Yeah, so you know one of the things that I love to eat for breakfast is uh, you know kale or uh, chard or uh, you know I don't eat a lot of broccoli for breakfast. I eat that later, but mm-hmm. you know I do when I have it. I love to, and what what makes uh, it, your vegetables taste so good is you know you cut them up and then you just saute them in a little olive oil, and sometimes I'll put a little onion in there, or, you know, a little sea salt. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're just wonderful. So uh, I, I love to saute cabbage and kale. Okay. Um, and I have that, uh, you know, for breakfast with either eggs or a breakfast sausage.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's pretty simple, isn't it? It's very simple. So when we're looking, so if when you're looking at lunch, you know, Brussels sprouts and a large salad with broccoli and spinach is a great way to get some of these things in. Right, it's just opening up your mind to a different way of eating, and I think too, uh,
3: you know, to tell people to to cook things that that have you put lots of vegetables in there, like stir fries, mm-hmm. make salads. You can put a ton of su- stuff in soup. You know, your kale in your soup, and you know, cabbage in your soup, and so think of cabbage. Cook for cooked or raw. You know, a nice coleslaw is a nice vegetable for dinner. Uh, not only are these vegetables low in carbohydrates, but they're also high in fiber, high in nutrients that help us
2: detox excess estrogens. So, you know, when we start working with clients, Wendy, and we know this, we th- they never have thought about eating kale for breakfast. You know, when I first started doing this, I never thought about eating kale for breakfast. But I found, I figured out, and part of this was came from B James, who has been on our show, and she's Kind of taught me. Super
3: greens, mighty greens. Yes.
2: So what you do with kale is you kind of pull off the leafy part of kale. And you don't do the stems. I don't do the stems anyway. And I just saute. Like you said, we saute those in a little bit of olive oil and a pinch of salt. And they're great. So try it. You'll even like it. Try it. You'll like like it. it. Yes. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you are troubled by fibroid tumors... Our first recommendation is always to change your diet. Secondly, we often recommend adding some natural progesterone cream to counteract the negative effects of high estrogen. When we come back, Wendy will discuss the benefits of progesterone. So if you have questions today about hormones, it's 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before break,
3: Dar mentioned we will discuss the use and benefits of progesterone. First, to give you a little biochemistry about progesterone, this hormone is made um, each month when we ovulate, and also a very uh, ample amount is made very ample during pregnancy. Very ample. <laughs> yeah. When we stop ovulating, we stop making progesterone. That's called menopause. <laughs> That's called menopause. So we become deficient in the hormone that balances estrogen. Thus, we can become estrogen dominant.
2: So we often recommend a small amount of of progesterone delivered in like a progesterone cream, and that's a transdermal cream. What does that mean? It means that it's something you put on your skin. Absorb through your skin, right? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's very easy
3: to use. Just rub a little on your wrist inner arms, over your thyroid area on your neck or your upper chest.
2: So what that does, this progesterone balances the estrogen, kind of puts brakes on the estrogen, and slowly the growth of the either the fibroids or the endometriosis kind of slows down. Now, we know that it's not just the cream. It's right. what we're putting in our mouth also. exactly. Exactly.
3: And we have actually found two different brands of progesterone cream we recommend because they have no additives, uh, parabens, or preservatives in them. Uh, Just call our office if you want more details about these progesterone creams. And the number at our office is 651-699-3438.
2: So before we went on break, we were talking about vegetables that would help to detox the extra estrogens and how to get them back in your diet. If you've ever had them in your diet, <laughs> uh, right. And they're vegetables like uh, the cruciferous vegetables. Exactly.
3: Broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, and kale. So, how many, I wonder how many people of our listeners have ever even eaten Brussels sprouts? Well, <laughs> usually what I hear is, oh, you know, they've tried them once and they taste bitter. Yes. So, there's a trick. To cooking Brussels sprouts. Uh, First of all, you want to pick fresh Brussels sprouts. I think that's very important. Oh, yes. Not any of those frozen cooked ones. Yeah. And never, Mm -hmm. never overcook Brussels sprouts because they do taste bitter. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you add a little butter, get fresh Brussels sprouts. Don't overcook them. Add a little butter. They're absolutely delicious. Okay. Yes, they are. They are delicious. They are delicious. And I never Mm -hmm. ate brussels sprouts before I came and Mm -hmm. worked with you.
2: And my uh, my grandchildren love brussels sprouts. And they love going down to the
3: farmer's market and getting a brussels sprout treat.
2: Yes, they do. So we've talked about the foods that's going to decrease estrogen. Well, let's talk about some things that increase estrogen production. You know, from the research that we talked about before, you know, from the American Medical Association. It would have to be alcohol. We know that that increases it. And then anything that leads to more fat cells. Right, exactly. I think most people
3: would understand by now that have been listening to the show, if you're a new listener, here we go. It is sugar and trans fats, hydrogenated, partially hydrogenated, refined oils and sugar that lead to fat cells. The processed carbs with bad fats are major culprits. Mm -hmm. That would be your cookies, muffins, yes, french fries, chips, basically almost all chips. Oh, yes. Cereal, pasta, and fast foods.
2: So that's the diet of a lot of people, and so we can understand why we're having so many of these hormonal issues these days. So we understand to switch from a diet of this processed carbs to a diet or an eating plan of healthy meats, vegetables, fruits, and good fats really takes some education and guidance. And that's, that's why we do what we do. That's right. And that's, we call that therapeutic nutrition. We call it nutrition education. I mean, it's just getting the information to people so that they understand how to do this and that it isn't. it's possible to do. Right. And I love our mission statement,
3: educating and counseling people to better health. Exactly. It's important for us to talk about these things, uh, but you know, truly to get everything together, people do uh, need guidance. So, we need to take a call, Dar? I do. Okay.
2: Pamela, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition.
0: Hi, I have a question. I've been, I have been—I went through menopause like seven years ago, and mm-hmm. ever since there, my my hair has been thinning. But I'm wondering if I can still take the progesterone cream, and would that kind of slow the rate of hair loss?
2: Yes, uh, it would be great to use. Um, I know that when I hit 65, I had this misconception that I didn't need progesterone cream any longer. And so I went without it for about three months, and then suddenly I found out that I wasn't sleeping very well. Mm-hmm. And I always sleep. I mean, this is just like, I thought, what is going on? And as I was working with a client talking about progesterone one day, it dawned on me that that's what I had changed. And so I went back to using it at night and suddenly, you know, two days later I was sleeping just normally again. So we think that using progesterone up until your 90s, 100, whatever is just fine.
0: Okay, because I do take the magnesium before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And unless I have, you know, major worries on my mind, I usually sleep pretty good with the magnesium. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed my hair has just been thinning, and so hopefully that progesterone cream will take care of that.
3: Well, you might want to look at other things, too. I mean, I you know, I think progesterone is a good thing to, to take. It could be also, uh, you know, some other things, Pamela, like I don't know if you've had your thyroid checked yep. or... That have was you,
0: normal. I just had that checked. You just
3: had that done, and that was normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, you could be depleted in some B vitamins and, you know, again, again, well, right, like the GLA that we're talking about. Right. That really supports our skin and our nails and our hair.
0: Okay. So is it available to turn that hair loss around or the slowing of it? I mean, we've seen it. I think so. You
2: know, and the other thing you need to make sure you're doing is eating sufficient amount of proteins for, you know, you have to eat protein. Nutrients. Yes. Right. Right. Because
0: I do the two eggs every morning. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay but Great. then really you know through, oh, my you know kind of protein shakes well and good kind of kind of through the day too have some other kind of chicken or or you know other kinds of um, proteins through the day because that what's a, you need protein for nails and hair growth exactly okay. and so do so uh, what
3: was my question i was going to ask um, uh, you know are you taking fish oil i'm taking
0: the omega 3 and the omega 6 Oh, Perfect. good.
2: Okay. Yeah. And how many omega-6s are you taking?
0: I think I'm taking, I think at one time I was told to take six of them, but I take one or two. On I think first.
2: do three. If you're yeah, having do, some yeah, do
3: one omega-3 and one GLA with each meal. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. that'll right, be good. Do. And add that progesterone cream and let us know what happens.
0: Yeah. Okay. How long does it take to turn around? Can I see a notice and a difference in like three months or one month? Or? Three
2: months, I think, would be appropriate. Yeah, I think so. Three to six months would make a difference, I think.
0: All right, thank you. I love your show. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for calling.
2: bye -bye. So, So, okay, where were we, Dar? We were talking about... um, Vegetables. Vegetables and... um, Good
3: nutrition, mm -hmm. specializing, but getting uh, all of those things in balance.
2: Right. Right? And I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break so we have a little bit of time when we come back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Again, if you're struggling with excess estrogens, we would recommend adding a supplement that is designed to help estrogens break down into a non-toxic form so that they can be eliminated. And really, it's, it's not just a supplement, it's really a nutrient. And so this nutrient is called indole-3-carbinol. And it's really from plants. It's a plant nutrient found in great vegetables that we've been talking about, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, kale, and cabbage. And you can actually buy it in a supplement. And the product that we have at our office is called Meta 3C. And what it does is it goes in and helps to eliminate or remove some of those toxic estrogens, and it works great. So we'll be back in a minute.
3: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Wendy Kate Stancer, registered nurse, nutritional counselor, and I'm here with Darkivist licensed nutritionist, and we're discussing estrogen jo- dominance and the side effects of too much estrogen, fibroid tumors, and endometriosis. We have worked with hundreds of women and even many men with excess estrogen, and it can be a serious problem yes, if the steps are not taken to rebalance these hormones. And before we went on break, you were ta- talking about indole 3 carbonyl, and you said this isn't a drug. It's actually uh, nutrients that come from cruciferous vegetables, specifically broccoli. Mm-hmm. And uh, in our office, the product is Meta13C, mm-hmm. and it's a lovely product to help people rebalance their hormones. Uh, but we have another one, don't we? We
2: use a lot with women in perimenopause and menopause darts. What of your favorite supplements? It's, it's called Estrofactors, and it is a wonderful, it um, so has all the nutrients that support the liver, so it can help the liver detox these harmful estrogens, and it works great. And we we usually don't, you know, it's not something that you have to go on and be on for the rest of your life. Right. It's usually, you know, two to three months, right? Right. And, um, right. you know, it's just kind of helps to to
3: yeah, Sometimes a little bit longer. I mean, I think if, you know, we had fibroids or endometriosis, we might be talking closer to nine months
2: or maybe even a year, Dar, depending mm-hmm. on how long it's been going on. But right. it... It, it helps. It, it helps. It helps with those hormonal migraines. Yeah. It helps with those. We talked about acne breakouts. Yeah. It helps with those. It helps to regulate your cycle, and it's it's a great supplement for people. You, you know, it is. But even beyond supplements,
3: and I know, Dar, you always like to go back to food, yes. as do I. I mean, we have so many people that just by eating in balance and eating the vegetables that they need, uh, that balances their hormones also and then we use these when uh when
2: we need them right yes so when we've talked about fibroids a lot so let's yes. let's spend the last part of the show on endometriosis and um you know because it's it's a pretty common problem isn't it
3: uh yes it is it, yes and so it's very important to talk about because there's a lot of women really suffering out there uh, and it's one of the most common yet misunderstood female diseases. And so I want to just read a quote. I was reading this book last night, um, the Endometriosis Source Book. And this would be a, if you have endometriosis, you know, go and get this book. But this is just one of the quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is heartbreaking when you read what these women have had to go through to get help. Okay. And it, this is a, a quote in here. It says, In my case, it took eight internists, two gastroenterologists, and five gynecologists before my endometriosis was diagnosed, even though I had visible symptoms, a high fever for months, vomiting, diarrhea, severe bleeding, uh, intense pain. Um, and then she says that uh, she, was being, she was given the gamut of diagnoses from hypochondria to cancer to anxiety. Um, and then was told uh, that it was a marital status factor and that she'd be fine if she only had a date for Saturday night. Mm. And it's this intense pain and this, you know, it's it it's like and then to be treated, you know, like that, like mm-hmm. it's an emotional problem. There's other there's one lady in this book that she was actually uh, committed for
2: three years to a psychiatric institution. Wow because of these symptoms. And, you know, when we look at that, Wendy, we know about 15% of the women between the ages of 20 and 45 are really affected by this painful and debilitating disorder. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, what happens is you experience a lot of pain during ovulation, you know, certainly a lot during their period time, and certainly even with intercourse. I mean, there's just a lot of pain involved in, and yeah. and when again, when we're talking pain, you know, you and
3: I don't have endometriosis. So uh-huh. again, Let's I want to read a couple quotes from yeah. the endometriosis source book because uh, this is this is what the pain one woman is describing: a burning sensation on the right side, hot, prickling, as if my, as if my ovaries are sitting on a bed of thistles. Think about that. Mm-hmm. That, that makes you hurt. Yes. Another one is knife-like pain. Uh, Right through the rectum without warning. One morning, I'll be stand. One moment, I'll be standing in line for a movie talking to a friend, and then I'll be doubled over trying not to black out. So, pretty serious situations, aren't right? Not anything I want to sign up for. So, it's not uncommon to have endometriosis, and what that means is the endometrial cells uh, that are supposed to be in the lining of the uterus grow on your ovaries, your fallopian tubes. It can grow on the outer surface of the uterus, your bladder, your large intestines. And again, for many,
2: this causes great pain. And we we know from what research tells us that endometriosis gets worse with estrogen replacement therapy and certainly estrogen dominance. We know
3: that. We do. And I believe young women need to take their nutrition more seriously. They may not need to eat healthy to maintain a healthy weight, but they do need to eat healthy to prevent endometriosis. Absolutely. The sodas, the Mm -hmm. chips, the cereal bars with trans fats and soy protein, or the big chocolate chip full of trans fats. How about the soy milk lattes? Oh, yes, the soy milk lattes. May throw you into a life of pain and infertility.
2: And people think that when they're eating these soy lattes, that they are actually being healthy. And they have no idea that it's going to increase that. The estrogen. Yes, for many women. So estrogen levels in women in the United States are often far higher than those of women in other parts of the world. Well, it makes sense. We eat more sugar and more trans fats. We do than anybody in the world.
3: It is generally recognized that the higher levels of estrogen are caused by excess body fat, poor nutrition, and lack of exercise, and then not
2: being able to get rid of those uh, toxic estrogens. Exactly. You know, as we as we are women, and we co- kind of collectively, how do we get women, generally, young women, older women, to eat better? And you know, I kind of keep going back to how do we put it into our lifestyle again? How do we get away from you know grabbing the bags of chips? Grabbing the soda, you know, grabbing the chocolate chip cookies as we pick up a coffee. How do we get out of those habits? And, you know, one of the things that I personally find is that when I go to the farmer's market in the summertime and I buy lots of vegetables, but now I'm not doing the farmer's market now, but I'm, I'm using that same behavior when I go to my food co-op Mississippi market and I look at all the vegetables and I buy a lot of them every week. Right. And, you know, sometimes I just take a cucumber and I just slice it up rather than having chips. Exactly.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and cucumbers make great crackers. Exactly. You know, they do. So uh, when we buy locally grown uh, products, the veggies, blueberries, strawberries, apples, plums, or raspberries, they even, they taste delicious. And even though these fruits, they taste so good, that you're satisfied, you know, with one serving. Right. I have a little client that's uh, she's 86 years old. She lives in assisted living, and she her brain is already working better. Uh, and what she's done is she's taking fruit when the other ladies are having cookies.
2: <laughs> Great, isn't that Just cute? One quick change, and you know, I want to share something that I did um, last for a family dinner last week. I roasted vegetables. Now I roasted parsnips and no I granted this was a little bit of work getting all these ready I roasted sweet potatoes I roasted carrots I roasted broccoli asparagus green beans and mushrooms it was really simple I just coated the vegetables with olive oil added a little salt spread them out on a cookie sheet up oh, Many cookie sheets, actually. I was going to say. And, you know, I don't use my cookie sheets any the other reason For right cookies. In. No. And then I baked them at about 425 for about 20 minutes. Now, you know, green beans and mushrooms, they they cook faster. But parsnips and roasted sweet potatoes sweet. and carrots, you take mm-hmm. a little longer. And now, I didn't use vegetable oil. I used olive oil. I didn't use corn oil. I used olive oil. And I just used a little bit of sea salt. And you didn't huh? use regular salt. You used sea salt. Yes. And people absolutely, my family just absolutely love these. And the grandchildren. They're very tasty. I mean, it's, be- much, it's better than chips or crackers
3: or, yeah, it's, they're just really tasty when you roast them. Exactly. And, you know, for people that don't have time to do all this chopping, at least at the beginning, you know, when you want to get started, it's too much work, you know, they have these wonderful vegetables already chopped up. Right, exactly. You know, just buy that. Mm-hmm. Sprinkle a little olive oil, some sea salt, throw them in the oven. What could be easier? And remember, vegetables help to detox excess estrogen from your cells. Re- they also help us with many other things, reducing your risk for breast cancer and the fibroids and the endometriosis. So, yeah, so what we want, you know, eat your vegetables. You know, give us a call if you need more help join a class we're here for you it's what we love to do and thank you for listening today